Well, shoot, I don't like there's no like weird banter because we haven't talked in so long. It's like an actual introduction to where it's like, how's it going? I have no idea the answer to that question. Yeah, like legitimately haven't seen, talked to, heard from you in a month because I was on the other side of the planet. That's so cool. Like, I, I want to ask all the questions, but I, so why don't we just like jump into it? Let's hit an intro and get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Blue Collar Scholars. Not long ago, a group of brilliant minds met together at a pub to discuss their unfinished works. They recognized the value of coming together around delicious beverages and having meaningful conversations. That group was known as the Inklings. The Inkledo podcast here, we're working to be the second iteration of that group. So pour yourself a craft beverage, pull up a chair, and join the conversation. Okay, so obviously we have to ask the first question. Did you have anything interesting to drink? You were in the UK? Yes. Okay. So uh, the last like day and a half in Ireland, but the rest of the time in London and the uh, and Scotland. Um, and yeah, I did. Like the hard part <laughs> is I had a lot of interesting things to drink. Um, but I think what really stood out to me on a couple of fronts with the beverages that are kind of most near and dear to my heart. I had two big takeaways uh, in terms of beer and coffee mm. in the UK. Okay. Uh, and I don't, I don't know whether this holds true in Europe in general, but these were the things I noticed there. For beer, they take glassware on beer so much more seriously. Yeah, I can believe like, it. Like legitimately every corner bar that I went to, pub that I hit, restaurant that you went to, Whatever beer you ordered, you received it in the glass of that beer. <laughs> like there is no like standard pint glass that we're going to force everything into no matter what style it is. Yep. They took that really seriously and I loved that. Um, the flip side with coffee. In the UK, you've got two options. You have espresso drinks, which they do and they do very well. Mm-hmm. And... If you are like in a train or something like that, and they're just coming by with a little roller cart and you say, when they ask, would you like coffee or tea? And you say, oh, you know what? I would love a coffee this morning because I'm an American and that's how I get my heart to start beating Mm -hmm. after I wake up. They say, okay. And they hand you a cup of hot water and a packet of coffee crystals for you to dump into that water (laughs) and make your heart just weep. Like... It was, these are the two like extremes for me. It was like, okay, on the beer front, I love so much about the way they approach things. Um, Had a couple of really nice Scottish ales. There was one, it was like uh, Mm. Belhaven's Best, um, which had like kind of the mouthfeel almost of a Guinness um, in terms of very thick, creamy, but flavor profile, much lighter um, Mm. Guinness in the UK does taste different. Does it really? Uh, a, a little bit. Like, I wasn't as blown away as some people had led me to believe I was going to be. Okay. But I would say some of the, the coffee roast notes from the malts and everything in Guinness show up a little more clearly over there than they do here. Okay. Um, and it it's one of those things. Like, the people I was with were like, oh, it's, I, it, it's less heavy. It's less filling. And I was like, you know what? That might be true. Uh, or... It might just be that I was so excited to be having Guinness like that I had poured myself because that was one of the things on the tour is you get to learn how to 
pull your own Guinness pour off the Guinness tap properly. And all that. Did you so do it like I, in the like the two stage pour and all yeah, that like exactly. the official Guinness? Yeah, okay. Uh, it was. I felt very classy. Um, nice. Boldly volunteered to be the first one in my group to pull one as well. Nice. Yeah. It's like I didn't have my Cicerone tag on, but I wish I. Yeah, had. I know, right? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I, I I can totally believe that about beer, because like. Beer is very much a part of the UK. Like that's very well known. So I can believe yeah. all of it being really. Did you have ever have a warm beer? Like that's always one of the like complaints so I hear. I had so everything that I had off the tap was like the temperature you would expect even going into a bar here, but they also had um, what they call their cask ales, mm-hmm. and those ones were kept at like that cellar temperature level. So still not room temperature, not that level of warm to it, right? Um, but what, not the really cold either. What's cellar like fifty or sixty degrees or something yeah, like that? It, it, man, all of the temperature conversations were so weird. Because, like, we were in London when they were having their massive heat wave that, like, shut down their airport and trains and stuff. Oh, jeez. Which was, like, 101 degrees. Um, yeah. No, it, it's different. But at the same time, when we were trying to explain why that 101 was, yeah, unpleasant, we were lucky enough to be in a hotel that had, like, proper air conditioning, mm-hmm. which is not super common there. So to us, it was like, oh, this is no big deal. This is... This is typical April weather for us. It's 100 degrees, but we're air conditioned, so we're fine. Uh, when we were trying to explain it, I was like, uh, let's see, what the temperatures we get to. Um, let me hop on my phone real quick and do a quick uh, check. Yeah, like 42, 43 degrees. And their response at a pub in Scotland was not one that like would allow us to keep our clean rating <laughs> for, the, for the podcast. But a very dramatic no, that's not for me is essentially how it would translate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think so when they were talking about the the beer temperatures, they were talking about, I think, more in that like 50, like mid 40s to mid 50s kind of range. OK, vaguely what I think we were looking at. I got. Yeah, I got you. And then also it kind of makes sense on the coffee front, too. I remember. When I was reading articles more regularly, I've kind of fallen off the bandwagon. I need to get back on it. But, like, the UK was kind of stuck in the middle. Like, they weren't really Europe, and they weren't really America. And it kind of really seemed like they didn't do either one of them particularly well. Like, they weren't known for the ultra-premium stuff. They weren't known for – like, the UK was, like, way behind the the ball. You know, just kind of like how, you know, like, trends go from, you know, West Coast to the middle or East Coast. You know, it kind of passes along. Like they were at the end of the line, whichever way the coffee wave was was flowing, they were kind of towards the the back end of that wave. So um, I can see them still having some room to grow in that in that realm. Well, and again, like you could get good espresso drinks, Mm -hmm. whether we're talking a cappuccino, latte, Americano, whatever. But you just need to understand, like even in hotel rooms or, you know, the way we got to Europe uh, was on this massive ocean liner and drip coffee just is not a thing Mm -hmm. like it's either going to be pressed or crystals going to be crystals yeah you got to get the americano yeah 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 Yeah, give me my espresso with a bunch of hot water to uh bring it down almost and, and it's like it does taste different but there's something about just like the volume like if you're eating something you can't just be like like, no, like, yeah. I, I need to wash. That's pastry. Like, I need to get it down. <laughs> I need more. 
Yeah, so. they, they don't have anything that's going to help you cut through the syrup on your pancakes. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. Okay, nice, very nice. Okay, so you said you got you got there by an ocean light, like what? Yeah, yeah. So, um, one of the guys who I'm really good friends with, he was a teacher with me at Saint Vincent de Paul, and he's a teacher with me now at the high school I'm at, uh, and he is like a big travel nerd. Like okay. He loves plane, train, automobile. He's uh, boats, all of it. He really enjoys kind of the history of it and all that. Um, and he had gone on, it's called the Queen Mary 2. And it's uh, like the only transatlantic liner. So he gets really mad if I call it a cruise. So I'm going to call it a cruise. <laughs> Um, I thought that got, I didn't know that you were on the queen mirror. I thought that got canceled or something. No. So there, um, this was actually like the third summer technically in a row that I was scheduled to go on it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And so after the first one, we had the option of get your money back or keep your money with the liner with Cunard. Uh, and they would give you 125% credit. Gotcha. Well, we definitely still want to do it. And it's not like we're going to Europe during COVID not on the boat. So we might as well just do that. Um, Which really made this vacation feel incredibly cheap because the money had already left me two years ago. Yes. That's Um, nice. It was, it was really nice. Um, But yeah, we, we went on this and it's like a 13 deck boat. That is like, so 13 Uh, floors basically, but that's not that big, right? Uh, It's, it's massive. Like oh, is that bigger it, than like the like the cruise ships? Is yeah, that... it, when you see it in the port next to some of the cruise ships. Now there are some other new cruise ships that are as massive or even bigger, uh, but in general, it's a lot bigger. Than oh wow! Cruise okay. Ships. Okay. Um, which was great because it didn't have like the seasickness stuff. Even though you could feel the boat moving a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's so massive that like the twenty foot swells are like bouncing off it like nothing, and it's great. Nice, okay. Um, but it was basically I spent a week getting to Europe in a moving, top of the line luxury hotel. Wow. Is essentially what I did. Um, there were like eight different bars, each of them themed differently with different types of drinks and things like that. So many restaurant options. I got a massage one day, which was K-classy. But no, like, really, it was this huge kind of uh, epiphany for me. Like, even as we were going on the boat and then it became more secured as I experienced some more uh, fun with air travel. Uh, But, like, you know, people always talk about that idea of, you know, the journey versus the destination. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, man, life is the journey. Don't worry about where you're going to end up. Enjoy the ride. Or there's the flip side of, no, look, man, I'll do what I got to do. I'm getting there. Right. And this this trip for me was kind of I spent a lot of time kind of thinking about that idea because legitimately the only reason I would ever go to Europe not traveling on the Queen Mary 2 again is purely a matter of time. Right. Like the idea you've got a limited amount of vacation time. And so if you're going to spend a week getting there, you've got to be kind of in a teacher position or a retiree right. position where yeah. you can 
the the time is what you have in abundance. Because yep. cost wise, it was not significantly more expensive for me to go over on the boat and fly back on uh, on an airplane than it would have been to just round trip it airfare. Um, but like, you know, I used all these modes of transportation, including some like really outdated ones. We did not ever get into a covered wagon pulled by oxen or anything like that. Didn't go Oregon trail, but you know, I flew to Baltimore first class because mm-hmm. it was actually really cheap the, a couple days before to upgrade into first class. Cause we were flying out on the 4th of July at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Guess what? That plane ain't full. Nope. So I was able to like upgrade and even in first class, it was one of those things like, oh yeah, you know what? Flying first class makes flight not terrible. Right. But that's about as good as it gets. Right. Yeah. Flying's not particularly an enjoyable thing. Like, I mean, it is really, I've never been first class, but we finally, when we went to New York, we paid to upgrade to like row 10 or Mm, something mm -hmm. like that. So because we had kids, we're like, we want off this metal chicken as soon as possible. (laughs) And so we, I get that, like it, but still, like we had the more leg room, we had the free drinks, and still, it's just like a, I'm on this to get there. Like I'm not here yeah. to enjoy myself. I'm here to get from point A to point B as quickly as freaking possible. Exactly. In airline travel, that's what it is. Is it is pure, just straight up efficiency. Mm-hmm. Although only in the actual transit trans uh, transportation part, because you know, yeah. like so, from Baltimore to New York, got on one of the uh, Amtrak. Uh, Acela, like the fast train. Oh, okay. Which fast trains in America apparently were far enough behind in train technology that the fast trains in America are about the same speed as like the, the normal ordinary commuter trains in Europe. So mm-hmm. way to go, USA. Yeah, we don't do trains uh, much here. Like it's We really like- don't. And it's a shame because like my trip from Baltimore to New York on the train took about the same amount of time as the flight would have. Uh, except for it was on a train. And so I got out at a station that had me like actually where I needed to be and I could find rides and stuff very easy. And I didn't have to go through extra layers of security. Right. Uh, I didn't have to check in early or any of that. And honestly, like the train ride itself, you know, you can get up and move around a lot more. There's not Mm -hmm. turbulence on a train ride. Right. Um, the, and because of that, you know, the the service is coming more quickly and all of that. Like, honestly, man, it was a lot on this trip reflecting on, to me, because I'm a huge philosophy and religion nerd, all of it comes back to like, oh, so with life in much the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. And like, I wish I were more gifted at coming up with a really... Um, deep way or smooth way to transition this. But like, ultimately that's kind of what I spent a lot of my downtime on the boat thinking about. Yeah. Was like, which one is more important? And for people who've been listening to us talk on here for a little while, I'm guessing they're not going to be surprised to hear me say, Oh, Mm. but it must be both. Both. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. No. And, you know, when you think about it, like the traveling piece, because I, I, I'm actually, I'm actually with you on this. I have thought about this as well, because like I, I am a destination person mm-hmm. trying to learn how to have a growth mindset, right? And so, like, I have chewed on this legitimately for for a while now. Since I think you were the one that introduced me to growth mindset at the farmers market 
a long time yep. ago, like sitting out there. Oh, absolutely. Because as a teacher, it's been the phrase that has been drilled into my head. The yeah. Absolute most for the last seven or eight years now. Yeah. And so if, if you think about it, like when you really think about your travels, like all of the quote unquote adventures that you have, it's in the traveling piece, rarely in the destination piece. So like when we went to your, when we went over to uh, Italy and Greece, you know, like all the stories that we tell are usually the going from one place to the next. So like, mm-hmm. We were in Venice. Venice was cool. There was some, you know, adventure stuff, but it was pretty much just kind of like you're doing touristy stuff. You're going there. But going from Greece to Venice was an quote unquote an adventure, man. Like they they dumped us on a dock with a boat and there was nobody to pick us up and it was raining and flooding and we're standing there soaked and like like that's where the adventure piece comes from. And you're like, oh, okay, so I can I can get a hold of that. But then like once you get there, like it can it can feel anticlimactic, right? Like you're just like, okay, mm-hmm. that's it's cool. I'm here, but you know now now what? Yeah. And we noticed that when we were doing Disneyland trips all the time, like when we were just like, hey, we're gonna go to Disneyland, we would be there, we would be done, and it'd be over. So now we're like, well, this sucks. And so now we've started the whole uh, thirty day paper chain. Yep. You know, with the little rings, and we Kristen puts crafts in them like every few days. So now our Disney trip is not you know a travel day, three days travel day. It's like a month and a half. And it's like a process that you build to it and it culminates in there. And so like, you've been like living and breathing Disney for like a month. So your, your experiences is not just like peaked and then shut off. Right. So it's really that whole, like the process or the lead up, the travel part where, where like almost all of the value comes from. Yeah. And I think, you know, and it's kind of, got, and again, so it's got to be both. Like, I, I'm with it does, you on all absolutely. Of that, but at if the you didn't go time, to Disneyland, you'd be freaking mad. Exactly. If, yeah. you, if you did that chain with your girls for 30 days, and at the end of those 30 days, we're like, okay, wasn't that great? Let's do it again. Yeah. And maybe 30 days from now, we'll really go this time. Yeah. No. There would be a riot of grand scale. Yes, you absolutely. Know, it, absolutely. It doesn't matter how cool the journey is no one is signing up for the incredibly luxurious top of the line trip to the center of the sun right why because that's death and it sucks yes like but at the same time i think and this was just something that sort of clicked with me as you were talking about it uh and i want to bounce this off of you as someone who is you know you are a writer like it's part of Mm -hmm. what you do to kind of process things to a certain extent it's it, it just hit me kind of like in the stories, the destination is your setting and the journey is like your plot, your actual action in what's happening, mm-hmm. but you need both. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah, a, a really, a really fun story with a lot of interesting things that are happening always has to happen somewhere. Yeah. There's yeah. The, the journey and the, the adventure gains some of its meaning because there is this goal that you're striving to get to and will these things that are happening in the journey get you there or prevent you from getting there is what gives the story its stakes right but at the same time you know uh yeah so if, if it's just a description of a place you know like you were saying with venice really cool beautiful no doubt the water all in the city and everything it's a great setting but if it's just a picture, mm-hmm. then yeah. okay, so what? 
Yeah. And to riff on your story thing there, I kind of like that because you do have, yeah, you'll have the, the overarching plot. Like the, there's like the goal of the character, right? But then plot and character are actually tied together. They're one, they're two sides of the same coin. So plot drives character development, character drive, character development then drives plot. So the plot pushes him to this point. He makes a decision, which then pushes the plot forward. And so, like, there's a lot of discovery in the adventure part. And then, like, what it is is that goal at the end, whether they achieve it and how they respond to it, reveals to you the processing that you did in the journey. Like, all of the discovery, all of the life lessons, everything that you learned and grew from happened in the journey. The goal, once you achieved it is going to reveal to you basically what you learned. So, right. So like it's, I always say like at work, it's like going through the suck. I was like, there's, there'll be times at work where like, it's so hard and it's so miserable and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Then you come out on the other side and you're like, I'm 10 times better than I was before. I just couldn't see it when I was in the middle of it. Right. Right. But like, I, I'm at the goal now and now I can reflect retrospect and I can see how this action drove my character, my character drove actions, and then all of these things I learned and grew from it. And so they kind of go hand in hand. Well, and I think that connects it back to that growth mindset stuff you were talking about, too, because it, it kind of takes a lot of the pressure off the destination or off of the goal. Again, translating right. this more into life terms. Because I know we've had that experience of setting something as a goal. And it's like, yes, once I achieve this then and it's like and then you achieve this thing but there is no then so right. like, oh, actually this brought none of what i was expecting it to or you know even in travel like oh i was really excited to get to this place and i got there and actually venice kind of sucked because it was super rainy and all of the water mm-hmm. was disgusting and nasty and it smelt yeah like sewer water and it's like oh dang And so if it's all about destination, if it's all about succeeding in achieving our goals, Mm -hmm. then so much of life becomes relegated to like the back burner or treated as if it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And we lose out on a lot of that development and a lot of that growth. Yeah. But at the same time, if you don't have a goal, you won't move. Exactly. So you're not no, go, you're not going to go on an adventure. You're not going to go on a journey if you don't have somewhere to go. Like if you have if you don't have something, you won't move. That's yeah. why something bad has to happen, or there has to be some like call to action to drive you into doing something. Otherwise, you'll stay in your comfort zone. I was going to say, like the the thing is, the journey is uncomfortable, and like you're not going to go through comfort without the hope of something being achieved by it. Right. Like, you know, um, towards the end of the trip, cause I was traveling with these three guys and we had been together for just on just over three weeks, uh, by the end of it. And towards the end, a lot of them were talking about, Oh man, I don't, I don't want to go back. Maybe we, like they were jokingly, mm-hmm. when we were in Scotland, there were like real estate places and they were looking at property <laughs> prices and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, we could, we could go in on this. We could make this happen. <laughs> and it's like, I was like, honestly, you know what? And this was part of the evidence to me too, that like the reminder that I'm traveling with people significantly younger than me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what, you guys, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't relate. <laughs> like I, I have, I loved the trip. Right. 
but it was exactly the right length because by the end of it, there were a lot of things that I was just over. I was mm-hmm. over living out of a suitcase. It's, yeah. I was yeah. over not ever having a private room. Mm-hmm. I was over uh, like constantly being in transit and in transition. It's exhausting. Yeah, it is. It's a lot, man. And it was again, it was worth it because there were destinations I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. There were things that I wanted to experience and I was able to experience them. Some of those experiences were so much better than I had anticipated. Some of them went in kind of the opposite direction. Huge letdowns, yeah. But even at that, like it was ultimately the experience was good because I had I had something that made it worth the risk. Mm-hmm. You know, the risk of discomfort. Um, you know, drinking crystal coffee on a train. <laughs> Uh, that's not, not, not your motivator in the morning (laughs) is not something that's like, Oh, you know what? I, I'm really glad I did that. But (laughs) like, what I will say is it's like, you know what? Even, even that was completely and totally worth it. Why? Because now I get to sit here and talk with my coffee roasting cousin about what a joke the coffee was. It's part of the adventure, man. Like the, all of that's, I agree with you and learning to, appreciate the the parts that suck for lack of a better word like it's really hard to be able to roll with those and so like that's one of the things that travel's done for us as a family so like Kristen's a planner right and so mm-hmm. like when things don't go according to schedule it's hard it's real hard and so like learning to again I, she's not going to stop planning but you yeah. learn you learn about yourself you be like oh well crap okay how about i build in some buffers how about i plan for something to go wrong. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to plan on it. So I'm going to have a little bit, you know, and then you can just mm-hmm. kind of roll with it. And so there is a lot of self-discovery and it all comes from, from the things that break, you know, like yeah. all the parts that went swimmingly, you're like, okay, yeah, that was cool. But like all the stories that we tell are usually the ones where something went wrong and you had to problem solve it. Those are the fun stories. You know, like if you think about it, like, just the, hey, yeah, everything went smooth. We went here. We saw this. You're like, oh, that was cool vacation. You know, like yeah. it's like seeing a picture of someone's vacation. You're like, I that means absolutely zero to me. But yeah. then if somebody starts telling you this riveting story about how this broke down and they were stuck here and then they had to move here and they met this nice people who helped them do that, you're like, I'm all in. Like, that's super intriguing. And you sit there and listen to every bit of the story. So the struggle and is the adventure that's where and that happens in the journey you know but again yeah. like you said the goal helps you get into that discomfort which helps you start to grow and see yourself and see how you respond to these things all of that yeah but the goal also in like the meeting of the goal or the goal that you didn't realize you'd had where you ended up instead like when things fall apart right that's also a key part of it because mm-hmm. you know what stories we don't enjoy we don't enjoy the stories where someone is telling us about how everything fell apart and that's the end of the story. Also true. You know, also true. Like, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Don't, we don't enjoy someone's like depressed. My vacation was a disaster travel story. Yeah. Because it's like, Oh, there's all this incredible stuff that happened to get you to a garbage dump. Right. You know? And I think, I, I think for me, that's a big part of it is recognizing that, you know, the journey is going to have value whether we reach the the destination that we had mm-hmm. in mind or not. 
but that doesn't change the importance of us having a destination in mind. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, there ha- because you've got to have some level of confidence that the suck is going to be worth it. You might right. not know how right. the payoff's going to be. Like or you, you said, won't it, persevere. Yeah. Exactly. Because if the suck is going to be permanent, then you need to change directions. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because we've got... You've got to be careful with that, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's totally possible to talk yourself into staying in a horrible situation because, oh, well, this is just the way things go. Well, yeah. okay. Yeah, if you let them. Right. Yeah. I want to bounce an idea off you really quick on this. And it's yeah. part of the things I've been chewing on is that so, like, I being a destination person, you know, like, heaven has always been a destination, you know? And so, like throughout most of my journey, it's been very much like a self punishing self, like restricting self, everything because you're, you're, you're dealing with the suck for the destination. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I, 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 I was in prayer one night or something and it was like, okay, so you get to heaven. Then what, what, what do you think heaven is? You know? And, it, and I was, and it was sitting there thinking about, I was like, Oh my God. Like, I know there's like the presence of God and all, like sure. these things, but what it is, is it's, it's learning and growing for eternity because there's no end to it. So we're everlasting. So we start at zero and we're going to add to us forever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, so you kind of need to learn that now. Like that's part of it here is that like, and, and this is part of where I've been struggling with, with my faith and things like that is that it's cause I'm an achiever. I want to achieve mm-hmm. something to say that I'm valuable. Right. And so like, God's like, I don't really care about any of that crap. You know, like I want to be with you and I want to learn and grow and, and be in this, like, yes, he does care about you. Of course. Rhetoricals, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. but, uh, you know, it's like, you don't have to win everything because it's not necessarily about that. It's about me and you doing these things and growing. Like, are you better than yesterday? Did you learn something more? Are we developing? Because that's what our everlasting life will be. Us yeah. and God learning and growing and stepping and growing more and more like him, which will take forever because he's eternal and we are not. Yeah. Well, and then, and I think that's all totally true. And I think it also ties into the idea that like, if, if the journey from here to heaven is nothing but a slog and nothing but going through the suck, then is God not like present with you now? Right. Like, and why would you choose heaven if it's doing this? Like, why would you choose to do it forever? Like, what about all of the gifts and the blessings that he's Mm -hmm. giving you now? Like, Mm -hmm. how are you missing the ability to appreciate those? And a big part of it does come down to that idea of being destination exclusive. Mm. Yes. Everything when, when we view everything in this life as being uh, fake or unimportant because it's not the eternal. Mm-hmm. And like, again, there is, it, it's what Satan does. Cause he can't create anything. Yeah. So he takes what God has created, what's good and true. And all he's got the power to do is just twist it slightly. Yep. But that slight twist, that slight off center is all it takes to completely screw us up. Yep. And like that idea that, yeah, no, no heaven is more real and more important than anything we're experiencing in our lives right now 
doesn't change the fact that the things that we're experiencing in our lives right now are still real and are still important. Yeah. And like, we've got to be open to and aware of the gifts that we're receiving now. We've got to enjoy that adventure mm-hmm. like because God's on it with us. Yeah. Like this journey we're on, God is there and he's yep. experiencing with it with us. The suck is only a suck because we don't know where it's going and he does. Right. Or sometimes it's just hard and yeah. that's, that's good. Hard work is still hard. You know, Absolutely. like it's, it's but okay. It doesn't have to suck. And it, and that's Touché. what I mean when I Touché. say you don't nope. know. You're right. Nope. Cause like I doing things that are hard where you can see the result coming. It's like, Oh no, no different. Absolutely yeah. going to be as opposed to those times where it's like, I was told this is what I've got to do. Yep. I, I point back to like everyone had at least some, if not all of their classes in school where someone said, look, you just have to do this and trust me, it's going to pay off. Right. Yep. And that sometimes we could believe them. Sometimes we didn't. And our, uh, our belief in that, our confidence in that had a huge impact on the reality of what we experienced once we got there. So true. So if you were going to pull out like a, a major life lesson from your travel what was like the life lesson that you came home with? Like, this is my life lesson from this, from this trip. Life is better when we take our time. Like, and I, mm. going back to the, the very clear example is the, the travel again, like all of the slower forms of travel. I enjoyed more. Why? Because I was able to take my time and appreciate what was happening around. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read, like seven or eight books in these three weeks because of all the downtime that I had. Wow. Most of them sitting on a boat, staring out at the ocean and seeing like nothing but ocean as far as the eye could see and just like basking in the size of it and reading. Now, granted, before anyone gets too impressed by how much I read, these were almost all rereads of books I've already read before. And it just sort of became this like constant cycle of G.K. Chesterton stuff, <laughs> uh, which might have been an influencing factor in the last blog post. I <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, to me, that's the thing is like taking your time because I am also like very I tend to be very results oriented. Mm-hmm. Like I just I want to know what the end is and how I'm going to get there. But forcing myself to take my time with it. uh resulted in better results and resulted in me like appreciating them when they got there. Yeah. I kind of use the phrase you have to, to take time to have time, Mm. you know, like, like we're, we're always such victims of our schedule and like it will never stop. Right. So unless you actually take the time, you will never have time to do anything. And so you're right. Like going slow being able to be present and actually see what's going on around you. Like instead of just being focused on the destination and just going and missing everything that you're driving by mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, there's, we don't realize how much we miss when we were like, so focused on that dot and we're like, Oh, Hey, there's a lot going on over here. Like, why did <laughs> yeah. I not see any of that? Yeah. Tunnel vision is a real pain in the neck, man. Yeah. That's thank you. I was trying to think of what it was, but yeah, tunnel vision is exactly, exactly right. I like that. That's awesome. And I'm glad you had a good trip. I'm I'm sure there's probably some more things. We'll probably reference it for a while. Those trips, trips like that are like those things that you dig from for forever because they have such an impact. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to be absolutely insufferable for a little while. <laughs> like, you know what? That reminds me that of this reminds thing that happened. 
I love it. I love it. Well, folks, if uh, you would like to support this podcast and our meaningful conversations, we would ask that you jump on that website, buy some coffee. We roast it fresh. We ship it to you. Then you have a nice warm beverage to sit and take your time with, to go slow, appreciate the things around you. It's a lot easier to do that when you're drinking good coffee, not hot water with crystals. So take AJ's word for it. It's better to have good coffee, and uh, we can supply that for you, and it also helps support our mission here. So we appreciate you for that. You got anything else on your brain, man? No, just, you know, hey, good luck to everyone who's getting ready to start school up. I'm, I'm oh, yes. back yes. doing that prep work this week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, and I obviously it's a much longer conversation than we can fit in at the end of an episode or anything. But, like, it's really awesome that as I'm going back to work, I'm, like, excited to do it. That's uh, a good feeling. So, yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I recommend it to people. Like, yeah. <laughs> try, try and find a way to make that happen. Exactly. Yes. There's another life lesson for you folks right there. <laughs> uh, freebie. We're going to, we're just going to throw it gonna end on that one. Cause no that's a high note. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, everybody will say adieu. Hey everyone. Thanks again for listening to another Inkledoo podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed making it. If you did enjoy it, please do us a favor and make sure to share it on all your own social media so that other people can find us and enjoy us as well. 